You're listening to the British Baseball Podcast. I've got my notes. I've got my cup of hot water because that is diet coffee now. (laughs) This is what I've been reduced to. Diet coffee, I love that. That's a great Diet one. Coffee, just hot water, <laughs> and uh, as many fluids as you can. Because, like, like yourself, I am struggling to get over this cold that's been going around. The joys of little people in schools. Yeah, well, I mean, look, man flu is the most serious disease on the planet. It, it always makes me laugh. The whole man flu thing. <laughs> um, I I get it a lot in our house. Well, I say I get it a lot in our house, and it's. It's like we, we have get told off because we don't take our severed limb to the hospital or take it seriously <laughs> or whatever we have as, as completely <laughs> crippled us. <clears throat> and it's, it's a minor thing. There's no, there's no in between with, with this man flu stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so while this is rolling, apparently this is now recording. There we go. Put it there for the, the chat that comes in. Morning, Matt. All right, John. You shouldn't be able to talk. Morning, Let's get you muted. Bax, how you doing, sir? <laughs> it just goes to show that I am rubbish at doing this. So I can add that to most of the things that I'm failing at. So <laughs> for, for the podcast audience, this is going to sound fantastic. So far, I have fumbled my way around my uh, my computer desk. I have a mouse that is running out of power. <laughs> and uh, I have a fantastic guest here in the form of Drew Spencer. And if you don't know who Drew is by now, where have you been living this last last couple of years? So Drew, thanks for coming back on the pod and agreeing to do this this live view that we've got. It's been um, a great year for yourself. But before we talk about the sporting side of things, how's 2023 been for you personally away from the baseball diamonds? Well, before I get into that, I have to, first of all, thank you for having me back. Um, it's still, to me, a shock every time anybody wants to hear me talk at all, let alone to record it and broadcast it over the internet. And you've been kind enough to have me on, uh, you know, even when we haven't had amazing years and and let us talk about what we've been up to and, you know, what you do for British baseball and for the community um, deserves a lot of recognition because I know it takes a lot of effort and time away from your family and everything else. So thank you for having me, Matt. Really appreciate it. All right. And anytime, anytime. Um, yeah, th- to answer this your is... question. Um, you know, 2023 has been an intense year. Um, you know, I think as my family would 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 probably attest to, you know, I think, you know, it, it's been an intense year um on a lot of levels, but you know, um my son moved off to university and then came back to the UK to pursue a career in music. Um my daughter Ella has uh changed schools. Um she decided that she wanted to um, you know, pursue uh, education at the American School in London, following in her stepbrother's footsteps. My my wife took on a new job this year. Um, So, you know, um, outside the lines of the game that we love and that's brought the three of us and whoever else might be joining together, there's been a lot going on in my house. Um, And certainly, um, you know, more baseball or or more serious baseball um, on the side than we've had to contend with in a really long time. Um, But, you know, it's, 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 it's been a heck of a year. Yeah, it sounds really, really busy. And it's a great chance to to plug 
what Malachi's been doing because I did hear some of his stuff and it is it is really good. And that's not just me blowing smoke as someone that dabbled in in a bit of electronic music production in a previous life. I was really impressed to to hear what he was what he's pumping out. Thank you. I, I so was I. And I'll tell you what was awesome was um, you know, my son knows um I, I I've never ever been one to kind of give false praise. Um, you know, even when he was coming up. I remember uh funny time, him and his friends, maybe seven or eight or nine years old, like young enough, but starting to play video games. So maybe nine coming on me, tell me I'm, I'm awesome at FIFA. And I said to him, I remember saying, son, you're nine. Like, you're not awesome at anything. Like you, you haven't lived enough yet and you haven't had enough experience to be awesome at anything. So I've always been one to kind of, you know, let him understand that, you know, it's like to achieve great things, you got to work hard. Um, but this year when uh, Spotify unwrapped, came out the other day. He was my number two most listened to artist and two of my five most listened to songs. Um, Cause I, I just think the music's great and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm really happy for him. You know, it, it was a big step and it was a brave move for him to tell me that he wanted to step away from, you know, university is a very good university at Santa Clara in Northern California. Um, and he just decided to step away and pursue his passion. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm proud of him. And I, I try to tell everybody I can about it. Yeah, indeed. And, and it's from, I can kind of relate to that in a way because it, it took me to be the age of 43 to finally take the courage to pursue what I wanted to do and work towards it. And the sacrifices that I've like made for going back to college, uh, my spare time, my days off, all going towards what I want to finally do. You know, it's, it is a scary thing, but I suppose that's the, the thrill of the unknown, isn't yeah. it? You know, you've just got to take that plunge in and keep working hard. And like you said, you know, you, you've got those ethics built into him. He's not going to get false praise from anyone. He's, he knows he's got to work hard yeah. to get to where he, he needs to be. Well, he's worked really hard. And, and I mean, he, he told me of his decision when we were in Phoenix at the world baseball classic. Um, I know he was tremendously anxious about telling his dad he wanted to leave uni to pursue his dream, but um, you know, the way he presented it and the work he's put in has proven to me, you know, not that he needed to, um, but that it means a lot to him and, uh, you know, and I, I just, I feel he's made the right move. So I'm, I'm excited for him regardless of what happens. It's, it, you know, it's, you know, I know there's a lot of achievements to do with baseball that we'll talk about, but you know, for me, it's like, you know, my 20 year, 20 year old son realizing that actually like spending, you know, a lot of money a year on an American university to go and get an education that he didn't really feel tied to his passion and what he wanted to do right now with his life. Um, you know, it was a big move for him. Um, it was the right move. And, and uh, you know, I'm just excited to see how it unfolds. Yeah. And you mentioned then that it came, the news came just before you go to do the World Baseball Classic. Did that affect you in a positive or a negative way? Like, how did it set your mindset going into that tournament? Because I suppose any news, when it's family related, good or bad is going to affect anything, but especially when, you know, you've got the pressure of this huge huge um, milestone in great British baseball history as well. Well, he may have done this deliberately, but I don't think he told me till after we beat Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he might've, he might've chose his moment. He's a smart kid, but um, no. <laughs> no, I mean, he, um, no, it, it honestly, like I think that whole experience in Phoenix, um, there were so many parts to it, but um, certainly one part of it was, it definitely felt like a celebration. You know, I mean, you know, John, you were there, Um, you know, I I think there was a very serious job to be done. And I kept reminding the staff and the players like this is a business trip. You know, we're we're not here to to party and and socialize. You know, we're we're here to get a job done. 
Um, but there was no denying the the atmosphere, you know, that it was very much a, you know, it was it was a celebratory festive festival type atmosphere. Mm. Um, and, you know, so I think that, you know, that I, I would imagine a lot of guys um, and and women in the, you know, who were around would have had, you know, similar moments, you know, just kind of real life affirming moments with with family members and friends and loved ones um, who came together to be part of our business trip. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it's a great place to start then with the the World Baseball Classic in, in general. I mean, you, you came out of 2022 on a massive high. But I suppose that the first thing I want to talk about is is now that you've got this new milestone, I bet you had an even bigger headache when it came down to your selection process as well. I mean, how many more players were you able to unearth? Or were more people, <clears throat> excuse me, put themselves forward now that, that GB were in this spotlight to, to um, be part of the program? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So first of all, yes, the selection process was one of the most difficult ones I've ever been a part of. But we were conscious to enjoy it. You know, it's not every day that you get to look at a list that has, you know, Jazz Chisholm on it and Lucius Fox on it and mm. Trace Thompson on it. And uh, there were some other names that, you know, out of respect to the process and the chances of having them in the 2026 World Baseball Classic, I won't name. Um, but there were other Major League Baseball players who have ties to the UK or to Great Britain more broadly um, that then become eligible to us. Um, so it was, you know, it's fun. It's fun. You know, it, it, it was stressful, you know, when you're finding out, you know, about injury news or that a particular player that you thought may have ties to Britain, you know, because of a little bit of research that the scouting guys were doing. And then you talk to them and it turns out, oh no, my great, great, great grandfather was British, but then the whole family moved to Germany yeah. Um, and so I wouldn't be able to prove any connection to Great Britain, you know, more than maybe four or five generations, which, of course, wouldn't work for us in, according to the tournament rules. Yeah. Um, but it was, well, you know, it, it was exciting. You know, there were there were some real exciting highs, you know, like finding out Trace Thompson was in, you know, that that's a boost. Um, not only because of everything I'd heard about him, you know, as a as a man and as a teammate, and as a player, all of which proved to be true, but also what that does to recruiting, you know, when you can tell other players that you know a guy like trace thompson with you know major league service and i don't know if you saw the the kind of the tail end of his season um in the the 2022 season he'd had a heck of a year so you were looking at going we get that trace thompson um you know that that's going to be pretty exciting so you know so i i think there were these emotional highs and lows associated with it and i have to credit you know the staff um in particular you know connor brooks and Jonathan Crammon and one that, you know, not everybody knows about, but Lee McPhail, you know, is a big time baseball family. Um, and Lee McPhail, who's been helping us with scouting since the World Baseball Classic qualifier, like we had an elite, elite, you know, um, group of scouts looking into all the potential players to come play for us at the WBC. And, you know, so as names are coming in, you know, you're just, you know, the heart's going, heartbeats, you know, yeah. uh, going fast and slowing down other times. But you know, the the opportunity to put the team together um, was definitely one of the highlights of the year. Yeah. Hey. What was it like when you finally got to take that squad out in the, in the, the warm-up games, like <clears throat> from going from the ballparks through Europe to finally being there in a Major League Baseball stadium? Yeah, it was special. Um, first of all, I think you could see the excitement 
in all the guys, you know, like, cause again, you have everybody from a Trace Thompson, you know, who's been there, done that um, to uh, your Al Forbes, you know, who was our bullpen catcher at the qualifier, but then made the roster for the classic, you know, and, and, and as we'd said to them and, and, you know, and I, I hold to this, you know, it's tournament baseball. You got, you know, a, a finite number of games in a very short space of time. So we'd said to everyone, he's like, no positions guaranteed. You know, it doesn't matter how many years you've played at what level and what your stats were last year or any of that. It's going to be, you know, we're going to watch you guys over the course of this training camp and we're going to put the best player in the lineup at each position based on what we see. Um, so they were excited to meet each other and play together. And, you know, and and we did what we always do is put a lot of effort into making sure people understood what it means to put Great Britain on, you know, to wear that hat, and to have that name across your chest and who you're playing for. You know, like what this is about, um, you know, so it was exciting, you know, and then, yeah, you know, we held our first practice at at the Dodgers spring training complex, you know, thanks to Jesse Guffey, um, our, you know, our, our one of our trainers who was with us at the the classic and, and the qualifier and has been with us since, you know, so you're, you're working out at the Dodgers complex, which is a little bit different from Farnham Park. Um, and, uh, you know, having access to those facilities. Dodgers are welcoming us. And then, you know, the next day you head over to the Brewers complex and, you know, Hey, guess what? We've got a locker room and everybody's names on, on the walls and the staff has their own showers and, and training room. And, and I've got an office, you know, and it was just something we hadn't really ever, ever really seen before, you know, and then you go out and you take batting practice um, at the Royals complex. And the next thing, you know, it's game one and Zach Greinke's on the bump, you know? So it was, uh, you know, just, just a, an incredible experience. And and I think what we saw was that is like the energy in camp um it just continued to grow each day you know they they became more and more united more and more connected but also more and more competitive like guys knew that they were competing for spots so yeah. you you could see that you know that that excitement mounting as we got ready to play USA when did it all sink in was it when you saw your own office or was it when you got off the plane like it it sounds it sounds like a, a proper dream like really surreal if you're not like used to that environment yeah i mean it, it it i i think it would be it would be incorrect to say it ever all sunk in i think it like it sunk in steps you know if, if that's yeah. fair to say um like certainly arriving at saddleback which is the dot or camelback sorry which is the the dodgers um complex like arriving there was a real like oh okay you know, we're on like field nine or whatever of, of the many fields in that complex. And it is gorgeously manicured. It's perfect. You know, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, oh, hey, Clayton Kershaw's warming up over there. <laughs> you know, and, you know, hey, look at that. You know, there's the Dodgers outfielders taking, you know, there, there's there's some guys we're going to play against in a few days. But then also like people you've only ever seen that that's, you know, you, st you start going, oh, wait a minute that we're going to face that guy. You know, we have to get that guy out like that was a real like eye opener. And it was it, I mean, it was exciting, um, you know, and, and just things like, you know, it's just driving the rental car into the Dodgers complex and having security see uh, Great Britain. Oh, yeah, come on in. You know, like that's the first step of it sinking in. I think the second step of it sinking in is like checking into your hotel. Right. Because all the you know, obviously the whole thing is is paid for by Major League Baseball. So, you know, you're checking into a four star resort um in phoenix and again i mean it's like it's fanfare you know there's streamers and there's logos everywhere and 
and we're the main event, you know, like, you know, there's, there's a couple of other teams staying at the same hotel as us, but everywhere you go, you know, we're the ones that, you know, kids are running up and, oh, can I get your autograph? And they see my gray hair and go, oh, no, you're not a player, you know, <laughs> never um, but you know, it's, it's like, you know, just all of that experience, you know, like walking into your suite, um, and knowing that you're staying in this amazing suite for the next week with a beautiful pool and, 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 you know, like, so, so there's that level, then there's getting on a bus and arriving at Chase Field, you know, and like not only arriving at Chase Field, but like driving around the back and into the employee and player car park, you know, and walking down the tunnel and into the back through the back way, you know, and, and again, like it's just all that's like realizing you have access, you know, like yeah. that walking into that clubhouse for the first time. And, you know, and again, it's a huge it's it was the visitors clubhouse in a major league stadium. Right. Like. So, you know, there's all that. And then obviously I think the real one for me personally was just before. So we had a, every team had a workout the day before. So it would have been the 10th of March. We get the 8 a.m. slot and uh, we're out there playing catch warming up and there's members of the media walking around. Right. And like, you know, like Buck Martinez walks up to me as the guys are playing catch and like, you know, Hey, how you doing? I'm Buck Martinez. And I'm like, I know who you are, dude. (laughs) (laughs) very much know who you are but like you know and he's like tell me about that lefty you know he's talking about Jaden rudd because he saw him playing catch you know he's yeah, like, yeah that kid looks athletic and a re- really strong arm and everything and you know bless him i hope he you know i hope he doesn't mind me saying this but he's like well you know is he affiliated i said yeah i said what clubs he play for i was like the blue jays but you know he's he's with your club you know but um but he but you know is that thing of like you know yeah that that kid looks like something else which was great because we were looking at Jaden going Jaden looks great you know he might break into the starting lineup when you know yeah. and again we still weren't sure but like walking into Chase Field you know the fifty thousand seat capacity and we're practicing you know like it's our practice and before practice starts my media guy Rob Harris a good friend of mine um, but Rob's you know hey some guys want to talk to you and I go sit down you know and it's it's you know, it's the media team from the MLB network, you know, and, and, and plus like John Smoltz and a few other people. And they want to ask me questions about my team and how we're going to attack USA the next day. So, you know, um, and then the last one, sorry, but, but like I said, there were levels to it sinking in is obviously walking into the stadium, the night against USA, you know, and there's like, and you know, these two guys here uh, on the phone will uh, on, on the they can attest to it. They were there, but um, you know, forty two thousand people rooting against you and three hundred for you, and uh, you know, and and Trace popping a home run, you know, in, in the first day B of the game, and just like right here we go, like this this it's on and we're here to compete was was a real like yeah okay this is the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, knowing your personal journey as well, like from college and Cape Cod League to like just missing out and then finally getting to live that dream. How was that for you personally? It was incredible. Um, It was humbling. Like I had these moments where it's like I look up the stands, you know, before the game, of course, because once the game was on, I wasn't looking up in the stands, but, but, you know, you kind of look up in the stands and, you know, and Hey, there's Jay Bax and Blease, right. You know, um, which is great. You know, like people that have traveled halfway around the world, to support us um, as well as players, you know, you, I'm looking up in the stands and, you know, and I won't remember everybody, but you know, it's like, Hey, there's Alex Deacon, you know, and you know, Hey, you know, it's just like, just, just looking around and seeing 
people who've played for us, people who hope to play for us. You know, uh, Ethan Solomon's there, you know, who this year comes back and pitches for the senior national team, but he's there with his son and he wants his son to see us, you know, and, but then like, Hey, there's my high school baseball coach, coach Cooper, you know, and his wife, you know, and, and six or seven of my high school teammates, you know, and friends from uni. Um, and then also just people I don't know at all. I've never met in my life that are wearing great Britain flags and gear and, you know, or some of whom probably have never seen us play, but have showed up because they are excited about the WBC and they have a British connection and they get to show up and represent their country. Um, so for me, I think that like this, my entire approach to this game has always been about how it brings people together. You know, that that's what the game did for me. You know, we moved town when I was young and it was baseball that always kind of, I made friends through baseball, you know, I'd be the new kid, but then, Oh, he can pitch, you know, or he's a decent hitter, you know? So then, then you'd instantly have friends. Um, and, you know, so for me, it's like, it was, it was like the culmination of everything coming together. Um, and I say to people all the time, and I mean, it's like, if I, if I never managed another game in my life, if I, ever, if I never got to be at another game in my life, like I've had such an incredible experience and, and certainly, like, when we left the stadium after the USA game, I just thought, right, it, it can't get any better than this. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It was it was so unreal to watch as well from from home. I mean, I'm quite envious of the the two chaps in the, in the chat that, that were there in their uh, in their little outfits, which I'm sure <laughs> we'll get a mention later on. Um, but just touching back on something you mentioned before as well, when you got to the Dodgers facilities and you could see all these major leaguers, did they ever treat you like an underdog type thing or were they quite curious to see who you were or who was on the staff and the players or, or did they sort of keep themselves to themselves? We've been like a shared facility like you mentioned before. Was there quite a lot of mingling done or was it we were all quite segmented? So I think you're treated like it felt in many respects like any other tournament right the teams are the teams and you you tend as teams to be in your own environment right there there's a protected space that exists for your delegation so walking around the hotel we saw the players from you know the columbia team you know we saw you know we saw the guys from the canada team um and there were events that were put on for just delegations and staff so you're all treated the same. And there's a lot of, you know, you make eye contact with people and there's a lot, a lot of head knots. I, I think to be honest, more us making eye contact with them because you're kind of like, Oh, that's Ryan Presley, you know, or, Oh, that's, you know, like you're seeing people. I don't think that they were looking at us going, Hey, there's, that's your all Forbes, you know, right there. And there's Anthony Seymour, probably not, you know, um, apart from maybe the coaching staff. Cause I'm, they would have all had scouting reports as, as best that they could get. Um, but you know, they're probably not, recognizing Jake Esh as he walks by, right? However, I think that all changed after the U.S. game, right? So after the U.S. game, the next day we have the early game against Canada. And now, you know, people are like, all right, these guys are here to play. You know, I I think at that point, it's you start to get recognition, not only more so from the guys you're competing against, um, you know, so, you know, as, as, as the Canada game ends and, you have to quickly get out, get in and out of the locker room. So the guys with the night game can get in there and get settled and get ready to play. Um, suddenly there's like head nods and eye contact, you know, as, as, as we're, you're walking out of a locker room and somebody else is walking in, there are guys, you know, we had a little bit of respect. Yeah. Um, you know, um, 
you know, so, so, and certainly after the Columbia game, then it felt like, you know, we belonged, um, you know, it's real highlights for me, you know, after the Columbia game is like being in the hallway and, you know, like Mookie Betts being like, Hey man, great job, you know, and like giving me a fist bump in the hallway. And you're just like, what, what just happened? You know, like, um, and, and the guys talking about, you know, Mike Trout and, you know, that, that was, you know, I think what was pretty cool was it was like, we became part of the fraternity um once we once we got a w yeah yeah definitely i mean for me though i think the way you, you set out against the the host was possibly the best thing that could have happened you know that it was i don't think anybody was really expecting it, especially not from like the host nation um who probably thought it would have been an absolute walk in the park and how happy were you to sort of go into that game? Well, after the game, you know, it, it was a defeat, but there's a lot of believers back home that well, I may have said a few things quite openly near my six-year-old that I probably shouldn't have <laughs> said, especially when that home run was was hit and we're watching it back, you know. And um, yeah, what, what were your memories from, from the opening game? I mean, was it a bit weird for you? Being, you know, with you being a, 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 a from the states as well to hear like the two national anthems and everything. What what was that whole situation like? I just couldn't stop smiling, man. Like there, I have to say, like you know, um, the number of obviously there's there's that famous expression in baseball: "Act like you've been there before," right? And um, I think before the game, it must have been J.P. Morosi. Um, who was asking me, he's like, you know, so how's it feeling? And, you know, and, and, you know, he's like, don't worry, just act like you've been there before. One of, one of the media guys said that to me. And in front of all of them, I said, guys, I can't, I'm sorry. And I won't, you know? And I think, you know, I think I was very conscious of the fact that like so much of what makes great Britain baseball, great Britain baseball is we allow people to be themselves. So it's like, there aren't any unwritten rules here, right? Like, yeah, this is awesome. We weren't supposed to be here in anybody, in most people's eyes. And yet here we are um, and we got here by being ourselves. And the only thing we can do is be ourselves. So, you know, it was exciting. I just had fun. Like my, my, the standout memories for me of that game are obviously Trace hitting the home run. Um, that was exciting, you know, just to have a lead and, and, you know, and to hear the whole place get quiet. <laughs> that was fun. I mean, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, these two guys were there and I would love to, uh, before we move off the WBC, I want to hear from you guys about what it felt like from your perspective. But, but from my perspective, I think everybody's shoulders in the, in the, you know, I felt confident, but I can't speak for everybody in the dugout. Right. But I know that everybody in the dugout just went, okay, we got a ball game, which I think every important game, every high leverage game there is happens, right? doesn't matter if it's your team playing or whether you're watching your team in the World Series. You know, you see your team go out there and whoever the starting pitcher is, everybody breathes easier when they get the first out, you know? Or if you're on offense, as soon as you score or make hard contact, everybody goes, oh, okay, we're here to play. Like, we're not going to get blown out. We're not going to get embarrassed. And we didn't know what the final score would be when we were up 1-0. But what we knew is for that brief moment, everybody who was watching around the world went can't underestimate great Britain. And that's all I've ever wanted people to say about this program. Yeah. All yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely open some eyes and put some, put you, put you on the map. They, they know about us now. Yeah. Like I said, 
And yeah. what else has been really cool as well, looking around your, your little room, we were discussing before, since you're last on, there seems to be a lot more memorabilia and a lot more decor on the walls too. So you might need a bigger office to, the better you're getting at these tournaments. Ah. Or just have to start replacing stuff, as 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 my wife Sarah would say. You know, she's like, maybe it's it's a kind of a one in one out. Yeah, I'm area. I'm getting that as well at the moment, and I'm like, well, I don't really know where I can put the rest of this stuff. Yeah. How about we go in the attic? And that is definitely a no. So yeah. I need to find new homes for things, or stop buying lots of Lego, and I don't yeah. know what. Absolutely. Well, I mean, look, I, I think things like I used to, have, you know, I've got a few lineup cards back there, and I used to have the lineup card for like Great Britain versus France in 2021 in the European championships, which was my first win as a seniors manager. And that will always be special to me because that was where I let my shoulders down and go, okay, you know, I'm not going to be an embarrassment. Um, and, uh, you know, that's not up there anymore. Um, cause there's a couple of other more important lineup cards that now sit up there as part of the, you know, part of my history. Yeah, indeed. <clears throat> and well, he's just introduced himself there with a little cough, as we mentioned before, uh, we have John and Ian on the, the spice boys. Yes. Who, uh, we're going to worm their way into this somehow. I, I knew they would. As they but should. That Drew wants to hear from you. I'm, I'm sick of hearing the sound, you know. I've unmuted <laughs> you. I'm going to think I'm, I'm going to regret it. But <laughs> <laughs> Don't sit well, there in silence. Just something I, I think when Matt asked me, and I'm, I'm taking over the interview now, but as when Matt asked me, um, you know, what are some of my memories of that U.S. game? I guess I'm, I'm curious you guys were in the stands watching us and you have such an important connection to the program. I'd be curious, like, what are your memories of that game? It, it was honestly, um, I, I think it's all, it's all rather hazy. And then Trace hits the bomb. Um, mm. you know, like we've, we've, we've been ha having a couple of beers in the pub, you know, if, if any, you know, we're, we're, we're dressed up in our GB suits, we're getting loads of like way more attention than we ever possibly dreamed. Um, and it only got worse as the tournament went on for us or better, depending on your point of view. Um, but we're having a few, you know, we're having a few drinks, we're having a chat with everybody and lots of people are going, you know, oh, so what do you, what do you think guys? What do you think? Like, what score are you going to lose by today? And, you know, it, it, that was very much the assumption. Uh, now it's very friendly uh, assumption, but there's the assumption there, and we just said, "Listen, it might not be as easy as you think." Um, and that was, you know, we we went into it with probably um, we got a, obviously we got a really good knowledge of the coaching staff and the ethos um, uh, of the program, and knew that knew the commitment to trying to find ways to win, you know. Um, and I think we obviously believed in GB a lot more than a lot of other people who were who were present. Uh, who were present that day. Um, and I think it was the fact that he then hit, you know, Trace hits the home run. I'm a Dodgers fan. So, you know, I'm I'm going absolutely mental. But like you say, the the the, the stadium is quiet. It is in shock. And there's like me, John, and maybe 150 other uh, GB fans uh, going absolutely crazy at various different corners of the, uh, of the ground. And it was... I suppose in my head then I was like, oh my God, that best, you know, I, I really hope that that isn't where we peak. I really hope we don't peak right there. And that's the other, oh, well, you know, we lost 17-1 and didn't win a game in the whole tournament. You know, and I went straight to that sort of British pessimistic um, approach. But then actually you only needed to watch the next inning and a half for that to go away because we were in that game and we were in every single game. You know, it was, it was just one of the most... Um, incredible um, from a fan perspective 
you know, one of the most incredible experiences uh, of my life. And I got in there ahead of John, which is unusual, but I'll let John say uh, say his piece now. Uh, I, I deliberately let you uh, get started there because I'm normally the first one to pipe up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, from my point of view, the uh, yeah the home run, it, it everything just felt surreal. From from arriving in Phoenix, we we went to the the, the warm up games. We went and saw the Dodgers on the Friday because Jesse hooked us up with tickets. Um, and then we got to the stadium and yeah. So look, my my main my main take from prior to the US game was be, we were obviously we our tickets we were way up in the gods. Like I said uh, when I spoke to Matt the other day, we only sat there once. Um, we just mooched around the entire stadium, uh, like you said act like you've been there before so wherever we went we were just like yeah we're meant to be here so don't don't question us we're just going to stay here we're not going to cause any trouble um but being able to come down behind the dugouts uh and look and just see the look on i mean you were the you were the coolest man in the stadium drew you showed almost no emotion i mean i can't imagine what was going through your head when you were walking up for the plate conference before and not, oh there's mark DeRosa. i'm looking the dugout oh there's jerry manuel there's Ken Griffey Jr. You know, it's like these guys are, are gods in the game, and you just you just walked up there like yeah, it's just another it's another Sunday at Finsbury. But being <laughs> able to look at friends of ours, people we've known for 10, 15, 20 years, guys like Gav Marshall, John Crammon, Alan Dean, these these are personal friends of ours. I, I know, I know everybody in the squad was there, but these are guys that we know we could connect to on a. I've spent a lot of time with these people and just to be able to see them and just be there to experience it with them. I know they had a completely different experience to what we did, but just the immense sort of sense of pride to be able to look at them and go, do you know what? These are our friends and they've worked really, really hard to get to this point and we couldn't be happier. And it was almost a kind of, look, they're here, you know, whatever happens, no one can ever take it away from it that they've achieved this and, and done this. Um, and yeah, so for the lead off home run, we, I mean, I think me and Blee's just kind of, we grabbed hold of each other, just like looked, and it was like, <laughs> has it? Oh my god! And like you say, just this sudden silence, and then this this minor eruption from small little sections of the crowd. Um, and I, I, one of my most distinct memories was we were stood near the top of the steps at the time, or just off to the side, um, and there was a lady there that was checking tickets and stuff like that, and um, she just looked at us and she was like, literally like, oh, good for you guys. It was like. The nicest little reaction. Uh, this little old lady, she's probably in her sixties, maybe even older than that, just checking tickets. And it was just, it was amazing just to be able to go, wow. And I think I, I think I posted on Facebook instantly, gone, GB have just taken the lead, Trace Thompson Homer. That is all, <laughs> you know. And it, yeah, it's a surreal moment. I, I'll, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget any of it, as I, I've spoken about before. Um, but yeah, just incredible. Well, I love that. Um, and, and it's so cool to hear that, you know, from other people's perspectives, because that's one of my favorite parts of it is connecting to people in British baseball and hearing their versions of it. But but Matt, I wouldn't we've talked a lot about Trace's home run. Um, and I think if we're, if we're going to talk about the U.S. game and the fact that when it ended, we earned everybody's respect, you have to talk about the pitching staff. You know, so, um, you know, to go into a lineup that that reads Betts, Trout, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Schwarber, Turner. Tucker, Rel Muto, McNeil. Like their nine hitter was the NL batting champ the year before, right? Um, 
And to hold that team to six runs, and of course, three of them off one swing, is a heck of an achievement. And so you got to talk about Vance, who I think if you rewatch, there's debates as to whether or not, you know, he was, I mean, he was definitely squeezed. There's no debate about that. But how many pitches he was squeezed on, um, I, we counted something like 17 that wow. could have gone, you know, could have gone our way, you know, so 17. Um, but for him to come out of the game when he did, and then Jake Esch, you know, to just steady the ship, you know, uh, Ryan Long, who obviously, you know, threw a pretty good changeup that Kyle Schwarber hit a really long way. Um, but right after that home run, he strikes out Trey Turner, like literally the next, you know, like talk about the focus, like, Hey, so what, you know, um, I gave up a home run and it was a really long one and now we're down, but I got a job to do, you know? So he does that. And then of course, Coop coming in and doing what Coop does over and over, you know, striking out trout again. Um, and then, <laughs> Yeah. Michael Peterson, you know, closes out that game. And and I, I believe, you know, well, we'll never know for sure. But uh, in, in the modern era, the only pitcher to throw 100 miles an hour wearing a Great Britain uniform, you know, so so heck of a performance from the pitching staff to go against what many have called like the world's best baseball team ever assembled. Um, and to hold them to six runs is is impressive. Yeah. Uh, and just it just shows what we were all about. Yeah. Did the staff need much prep or do you not beforehand or were they all like really laser focused going into it, no nerves? Because like you said, then you read out the lineup and that's enough to make anyone's heart beat a bit faster. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think everybody in that clubhouse was preparing for the tournament and preparing for that game in different ways. You know, I think some guys are probably looking like we got USA and looking only at that game. And I'm, I'm sure that there was those that were going, this is, you know, we have a few games to play and we're going to see how the week plays out. We just got to, you know, we got to take it one game at a time. Um, I didn't sense any nerves from anyone. Like vibes in the clubhouse were loose and fun. We were being us like we always are. That's a big goal of mine. And I go to great efforts to make sure that the environment that the team is in is one that feels like us. You know, it's just another game. We're going to go out and we're going to th try to throw the ball over the plate and we're going to try to hit strikes and we're going to try to play defense. Um, and I think that everybody had that mindset. And certainly there was a very, you know, a big part of the reason to start Vance in that game was the moment we knew the moment wouldn't get too big for him. You know, he's been there, done that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he loves to compete. He loves to pitch. He's a, you know, he's a connoisseur of the art of pitching. Um, and, you know, we knew that, you know, Hey, top of the first, you know, uh, bottom of the first, you got to go out and get Betts, Trout, and Goldschmidt out, and he's going to go, brilliant, give me the ball. Um, so, you know, I, I think Vance really set the tone for us in that regard. Um, you know, and then I think just the way that the offense attacked, you know, we were we were patient, we looked for our pitch, we played our game. So, you know, I, I don't think anybody was going into that game nervous, or if they did, they definitely didn't show it. Yeah, indeed. I suppose like we, we've spent quite a lot of time talking about the World Baseball Classic, but you know, I think it's a massive part of the program and and for you personally too. So I'd like to stay on that a little bit more if that's okay. That win versus Columbia, like did did it register then that you know about the twenty twenty six or like how's let's go back a bit there. Like the the mood after that must have been something that only the people that were there will ever be able to dis describe if possible. 
Yeah. Uh, and again, guys, I want some of you that were there to chime in on this one for me. But um, such a weird one for me because, a, a, like, I was in tournament mode, right? Like, great, we won a game. We still got to win tomorrow. You know, like, I had – there wasn't a, like, hey, let's stop and celebrate. In fact, you know, <laughs> if you've seen the, the post-game interview with J.P. Morosi, it's only when the bucket of ice water hits my back that I went, wait, we just want to – we just won a major game and like, we should stop and celebrate this. I had, I was so like, cool. Awesome. You know, we win tomorrow and there's a mathematical chance that we go through to the next round. Right. So like, I was like, you know, I wasn't in, I wasn't in that mode. You know, we, when, when Jabot got the last out, you know, it was like, um, you know, I shook hands and hugged my coaching staff. Like I always do. And we went out and did a handshake line. Like we always do. And I was probably cramming, because Crammon's always really good for those kind of like stop and give you some perspective moments. And I'm pretty sure it was Crammon that kind of was like, Drew, we just want a game in a world baseball classic. And I'm pretty sure I was probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's go shake hands and get dressed and get the team back ready to win tomorrow. Um, you know, so, so yeah, it didn't really, it didn't really hit me, but I, I suppose after that, you know, I have the interview with JP, I get the Gatorade bucket moment. Um, and then I looked up in the stands, you know, and again, again, you know, like that's where I see Jay Baxson Blees and I see Debbie Fretheim, you know, Johnny Fretheim's mom. She was there with, with her family and, you know, Johnny, who's played for us at, you know, multiple levels and was part of my first under 23 team and, you know, made his seniors debut in 2021. And, you know, he's in the stands and, you know, the Deacons are out there and, and the DeGeorgies are in the stands and my wife is out there and, you know, and my son and, you know, it's like, wow you know we've like seeing seeing it through the eyes of the fans of great britain baseball the people who have been with this program and with this sport in this country long before me because i'm still a newcomer right so like it's it's knowing what it means to the guy that runs the liverpool trojans you know like one of the most storied baseball franchises in this country right it's it's knowing what it meant to gavin marshall you know, it's, it's, you know, so again, it's like, I'll echo what J-Back said. It's for me, it's, it's, I'm a teammate, right? It's being able to deliver for my team. Like that is looking up and just seeing, you know, seeing what it meant to all of them that that's when it hit me, you know, I was like, all right, like the, we've, we've done something special. And then my favorite part, and there's a photo of this, you know, but obviously we, we then are like, right, well, it's, we, it was an early game. We get a chance to celebrate because we play a night game tomorrow. So like, rather than jump on the team bus back to the hotel, like, let's go walk down the street to the pub that has been set up as kind of a meeting place for everybody. You know, and you walk down to the pub and then again, more British baseball, you know, and and our super fans, you know, are there. And we got to take that photo, um, which is one of my favorite photos from the whole experience, right? Like standing outside the pub, you know, but like uh, all of that. And, um, you know, and I, I don't try to promote too much, you know, kind of uh, drinking culture and stuff. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> um, but you know 10 minutes after that you know my favorite part about this is as we are having that photo right like my son who was at uni still he hadn't yeah he hadn't yet told me right so he's at uni still yeah. so he's on his way to phoenix airport because he had to get back for exams right and like you know now we've won and there's obviously like you know implications on the next day sarah and i are like Malachi can't go home. Like he needs to stay. We got to like, whatever it takes. I know we, we can't afford it. We're going to have to like figure this out, but we got to, we got to change his flight. So we're like calling him going, do not get on the plane. 
do not get on the plane, you know, come back. So he, he doesn't get on the plane. We get him an Uber. He gets an Uber back to that bar that we were all at. And we had our first beer together ever. Oh, wow. My son and I, um, you know, standing outside that pub on the street, um, we had our first beer and, 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 you know, for me, it was like, like a really cool father son moment, you know, stood amongst all my, you know, my staff, my friends, the broader British baseball community, having just done something, you know, we've never done before. Um, and, and, you know, and, and got to celebrate it with my son in a real special way. And then the last bit about that, that, that blows me away is we had this guy, just a random dude comes up to us on the street, lives in Arizona, but's British and has a grandson who's like a top pitching prospect. And just like, you know, do you guys look for a guy, you know, so like in that moment, we also did a bit of recruiting and added another person to the talent pool. That's very, that's a very British thing to do. <laughs> Being Standing a on the street, recruiting guy walks by and goes, hey, you're, you're the manager of Great Britain, right? I'm like, yeah, can we talk for a minute? And, you know, would you be interested in a kid, you know, and, and we're like, yeah, give me your details. And, you know, we have, we've had some conversations with that family since. That's brilliant. I love it. I'd love to see how that career unfolds as well. Yeah. Awesome. I suppose I'll I'll open that up to John, Ian, and and we've got Andy Brown that's joined the chat as well. If you guys want to chime in with any anything extra, uh, I'll jump in quickly again if I can because um, in a typical twist, um, I have to go pick up the shopping from Morrison's in the next five minutes. Um, so um, so yeah, um, that that sort of that that meeting in the pub that Drew's just been talking about there that was that again another highlight of the trip for me um we'd um earlier that day we'd been contacted by a journalist called Ryan Fagan uh, who works with the uh, I think it's the Sporting News TS, uh, TSN does it go by um and uh, John and I were doing an interview with Ryan um you know, and we were saying all this stuff about our experience and then like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we know the coaches a bit and we know some of, you know, we know a couple of the guys involved. And, you know, he probably he's probably just thinking, oh, who are these guys kidding? Like, whatever. And then the head coach of the GP program sort of walks up behind him, gives us a massive hug. And then we end up in that photo. Um, uh, you know, we have we have a we have a beer together. And yeah, it was just um, it, it was just in the moment. It was just perfect. You know, you I don't know how many people have gone and followed the national teams abroad on tournaments. And I'm not talking necessarily about baseball, but you don't bump into the England football manager um, in the pub after the game, after after the biggest victory, um, certainly in living memory and potentially ever in in the in in the the in the nation's um baseball program history. Hmm. Um so it was just for me, just an incredible. Uh, just an just an incredible moment, and seeing uh, Crammon, uh, who's been mentioned a few times, you know, he's he puts his heart and soul into uh, into baseball and into and into GB, um, and you could see for the first time he'd actually let his guard down a little bit, and he, he was allowing himself to just to just accept that moment, embrace that moment. Um, I think the whole time up until that point, we'd seen him at the warm-up games. We'd managed to exchange a few words, but you know, uh, in between the the foul ball netting, but he'd been one hundred percent business, and it was great to see in that moment he allowed himself to enjoy it, even if only for ten minutes. Before I don't doubt he was straight back to work again. Um, but yeah, it was ah oh, just such a such a special moment, and I'm you know so grateful, so grateful it happened, even if it did mean that I had to wear a Spice Girls dress a couple of days later. <laughs> That was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And while we're on that, and and Matt, I, I am going to definitely use this interview as an opportunity to thank a few people. Um, so I mean, by we've, means, we've mentioned Cramen a lot, um, and, and, you know, and, and he deserves mention. Um, but obviously, like there was a whole group of people that worked their tails off to make that a success, and I didn't get a chance to speak at this year's AGM, which is where I normally would, you know, thank everybody who's contributed. So just while we're on each subject, I might just take a minute. It's like you know, you got to talk about Antoine. Richardson and Mars and and Zach Grafser and Brooks and T.S. Reed and Albert Cartwright, A.C. Cramen, but then also Jesse Guffey and Dino um, Haley and Chris, you know, who are kind of our our sports science and 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 mindset, you know, kind of mental side of things team. And and then Gavin and Rob Harris and Mike Lee McPhail, Paul Stoddart, Glenn Robertson, the mastermind between behind all of our operations, uh, Liam and Will. So Liam Carroll and Will were both part of that. And then Gary Anderson, right? So just, uh, I got to do that because I didn't get a chance to kind of thank those guys any other way. And, you know, what a heck of a delegation to take out there to represent the program and to make sure that, you know, the players didn't have to think about anything other than playing between the lines. And, and you know, none of this happens without those guys. Yeah, brilliant. Well said. And then I suppose not too long after that, we had the under 23 European Championships in the Czech Republic too, which... You know, you got a bit of uh, some new bling. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, this one. That's one, the one. It's the first one of two. I'll show you. The second one's a little nicer, but um, but yeah, twenty threes. I mean, go, so going uh, and you talked about at the top like this year. So I've never ever had three major tournaments to manage in the same year. Please, thank you. Good seeing you, man. Thanks for showing up for us time and time again. Yeah. We'll see you soon, mate. Um, so, you know, going into the 23s, it's like there wasn't as much time to prepare, but we knew it was a really, really important turn. So so for people who don't know, um, a lot of how national team sports work funding-wise and everything else is rankings, like international rankings, right? So UK Sport, um, who hand out the money from the National Lottery, who I have to thank every opportunity I get, you know, National Lottery, who make all this possible. Um, but, you know, they look at things like how you perform in major tournaments and, and your rankings. And what a lot of people don't know is that the Under-23 World Cup is the third most important tournament in international baseball when it comes to rankings points. Wow. It, it's a it's a big deal. It's, it's actually, Under-23 World Cup is worth more than a European championship. So just the, just the way that WBSC has set up the methodology. Um, So, so, you know, with fifth place in 2019, fourth place in 2021, we're coming into this tournament going, we got a really good shot of getting to the world cup. And if we get to the world cup, we can achieve the kind of things that we need to achieve to, to get access to public money to create like a generational change in funding for our program. And that's and and that's our goal. Like our goal here is 20, 30 years from now, not right now. You know, we yeah. want to, you know, that that's what we're looking for. So so going into that, you know, it was it was right. We got a really, you know, no time to celebrate. WBC was fun. That was awesome. Let's hang some stuff on the shelves and let's move on. Um going into 23s, it was about putting together a team that that could get to that last game. Um, which obviously, you know, hey, spoiler alert, we did. But um but, you know, going into the 23s was great because we had this real core from the 21 team that knew that 
you know, we, we fell just short of our goal. You know, the only yeah. two teams that we didn't succeed against in 21 were the Italians and the Dutch, right? And if, if you can leave a, a European baseball tournament and say the only teams that you couldn't beat were those two, you've done well, right? So, but we knew this year we wanted to be that team. Um, and so it was about like working off of the core of the really solid group of players we had uh, from the last one, um, but then adding in some new pieces. And of course the World Baseball Classic helps because there's a lot more people interested in Great Britain than there were before. There are a number of people who just watched the WBC who were going, oh, wait, granddad's Scottish, you know, or uh, my mom's, my dad's a British citizen. We've just never bothered to get my British passport. Um, maybe I should get in touch. And so we had a lot of people reaching out, you know, um, and then also I think all the domestic players are that much more inspired, right? They've just seen their team compete in the world baseball classic, they've seen Dan Cooper strike out Mike Trout. They've seen us beat Columbia. You know, they've seen what Harry Ford can do. They've seen what Jaden Rudd can do. Yeah. You know, they've been inspired by Chavez young and just the, the general spark plug that he is and the way he attacks the game and the way he just is like a, like approaches life with this joy. Yeah. You know? And guys want to be part of that. So we knew, we knew, we knew we'd have one of the biggest and most inspired talent pools to, to pick from. Yeah. Well, my six year old, we were watching, the review again of some of the reaction this morning just before the interview I was saying like I was coming to talk to you and it was his the the tea celebration and the chop <laughs> we, we had a we had a good laugh over that again it's fantastic it was so one of my fun. favorite moments yeah yeah and and I'm not talking about Chavez I'm talking about your son's video oh right yeah yeah, he was he was definitely inspired by it, and it's it's moments like that for me as a parent. And he does actually have a GB baseball jersey that Travis Harfield gave him because it was amazing. Yeah, and it was like uh, it it dwarfs him at the moment. <laughs> and I said, you 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 work hard, and you'll wear one of those that's given to you, not by somebody else, but you've earned yours. Yes, and watching okay. that game with him and seeing him get into it. I mean, I we just—he's still asking to go outside and play, even though it's it's snowing, to right. to play ball it. and and it, it's I don't know how he does it. This is going off on a slightly different tangent, but we we've been playing a lot of MLB the show, and we play it on retro mode, so it's just like two buttons. Amazing! And I'm not kidding. I I'll let him win a few games in like board games and stuff, but he will just hit home runs. Like they're going out of fashion, and I have no idea how he's doing it. And I'm just like grounding out constantly. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. I don't enjoy playing it anymore because it's getting whooped by that. a six-year-old. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, it's it's been great to see that he's the fires kept burning after watching it. I mean, it's it's happened every time there's been a major tournament from the under twelves that we've watched, even though it wasn't the best best start for Chris in in France. You know, he saw kids that would that looked like him playing and he was like, can we go out and play regardless of the result? The the women, when they were in France in Montpellier, like after that first game, it was like, where are you going? Runs off upstairs, comes back down with his glove. Yeah. And these are things that I just got like, I'm I'm not instigating these. These are his things. And and it's just it's great that that he's got he's got this passion about it. Well that's what excited that's what we do it for, right? Like we're not here to for old men to rack up things to hang on their shelves. You know, we're, 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 we're here for young kids, boys and girls. Yeah. Look at, you know, either people their age or just a few years older than them 
um, you know, or major league baseball players who put on the Great Britain uniform and to think that they could get there from here. Like that's what this is about. Yeah. When Minyama playing for the Spurs at the moment is his current favorite, just because he just looks like nothing else on this planet. But that's a podcast for a completely different day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you had this this fantastic success in in the under twenty three tournament, which means now you're heading to get ready for me to watch this one. Shaoxing City in twenty twenty four. Yes. Yes, very, very excited. And again, you know, as I said at the top, um, a chance to 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 score major rankings points, right? Like to get mm-hmm. to jump up from eighteen, um, and to move into, you know, our our goal now is top ten, right? So, so you mm-hmm. know, to jump up from eighteen, you know, twenty twenty four, we've got as good a chance as we've ever had to yeah. gain. Yeah, I think you mentioned as well when you took over that you were, you were challenged to break into the top twenty. That was like one of your targets that you were set, and here you are now. GB 18th in the world. Yeah. I'll that's still that's never something forget. special. I'll still never forget Jerry Perez calling me just before the AGM, right? When I'd been promoted and saying, hey, can I tell everybody at the AGM that we're going to aim to be top 20 in a couple of years? And I was like, dude, give me a break, man. Like <laughs> top 20, like we're 38th or whatever we were at the time. I was like, top, I said, how about top 25? You know, I was like, because the problem is, is if you say top 20 and we don't get top 20, I look like I failed. Um, and yet, hey, guess what? Jerry Perez was right, you know, and Jason Pierce, they were right that we should be bullish and excited about, you know, mm-hmm. the potential of what we could achieve. Yeah, definitely. And then you went on to the, the seniors in Prague and you beat Sweden, Hungary, and for the first time ever, Italy in, a, in another thrilling game, like 11-10. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, like heck of a tournament. And, you know, I think we, you know, we we moved off 23s really quickly. Um, but I think that there's an important part of the 23 story um, that needs to be told, which is that, you know, we went into that 23s expecting to win. You know, mm-hmm. we had two previous tournaments with a lot of success and we had a core of players that actually the first time I saw some of them play, the first time I saw Ben Lee play, you know, the first time I saw Kennard Dawson play, um, you know, the first time I saw Ian Isdale pitch. You know, some of those guys, my, my thought was, God, when these guys get ready for seniors, we're going to be competitive. You know, like, yeah. you know, so it, it was that thing of like the seniors had a really good core, but there were a couple of guys starting to age out, you know, and not even knowing that we might have a Harry Ford or, or a Nick Ward or a Joseph King or a Jake Esch even available to us for the senior national team. You know, we knew that the 23s was a chance you know, to to put a core together that would make us competitive kind of for years, like thinking about LA 2028 and beyond. So mm-hmm. coming into the seniors, you know, what you've got is is a group of guys who fell short of a gold medal at 23s, but did the job. Like, you know, there's a really important mental block, like that m- mental uh, building block, not mental block, because that'd be a different thing, but a, a mm-hmm. mental building block for us, which was, we can achieve the goals we set out to achieve, right? Like we went to the 23s and we were like, you know, we got to play in the last game. That's our goal. Like, you know, and and obviously our performance in the last game was disappointing, but we got to the last game and we knew that, you know, we're, we're going to the World Cup. So now going into seniors, our goal was, and, and I think this is an important part of the story. UK sport had said to us, you know, as we approach LA 2028 and the potential for more funding, to come the way of baseball and softball. We need you guys to deliver a, perf- what, what, like we, you need 
to deliver a performance that shows that your trajectory is, is trending in the right direction. Yeah. They, they, and actually it was the world baseball classic is not what we're going to measure you on. We're going to measure you guys on seniors. So you finished sixth last time. You need to do better than six this time. Right. So we had a, we had a goal of a top five finish. And we knew that in 2023, if we could get a top five finish and it was confirmed that baseball and softball would be in the Olympics in 2028, that we had the potential to move up to kind of the next tier of UK sport funding, which would be a game changer in terms of, you know, uh, public money into the program. Yeah. Um, so again, like the goal was very much top five so that we can put money into the program. That means that, you know, in 15, 20 years from now, there'll be a whole generation of kids who benefited from a much better system, much better funded system. That's not reliant on private donations and players paying fees to be on the team. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. So, so going into it, it, it was, it was awesome. And, and yeah, I mean, I think we Sweden game tested us, um, you know, it was, um, and then we got to that, you know, that, that Italy game and, and I don't want to breeze over Hungary. Like I think what was awesome about Hungary, um, obviously we, they were a bit overmatched by our team. Um, but they were in the final of the European championships for the first time in their program's history. And, you know, as great Britain, we know what that feels like, right? We, we know what it feels like to be the underdog, you know, who just got there and sometimes has to approach a tournament like this as like, we're here to take some positive lessons away to build on for the future. And I think Hungary did that. Yeah. Actually like, you know, you get given these little banners, um, by each manager as you exchange and and the hungry one is the one I've kept um, because I like, you know, I, I tend to hand stuff out and let everybody take mementos with them. But the one I kept was the hungry one because I'm excited for them and and yeah. where, where their program goes after that experience, especially because the joy in that dugout when they scored the first run of the game, uh, you know, they, they barreled one against us and, and a guy crossed the plate and they were all just so excited. And, you know, I, in my mind, I'm going, we're going to come back and beat these guys, but it was, it, it was their trace Thompson home run in the first inning. Uh, yeah. and, and it was, it was very cool to see. Um, but yeah, then we got to the Italy game and, and the Italy game was a battle and, you know, and, and, you know, Hey, Mike Piazza is in the other dugout. Um, and, uh, you're, you're facing a perennial European champion and it was just, such, I mean, what a great baseball game, such a fun ball. No, game. I, yeah. But such a fun ball game to be part of. I'm just so proud of the guys and how they performed. Yeah, it was it was incredible. It was incredible. It's a great tournament all around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I I think you know again, um, credit to the staff. You know, credit to the people involved. A lot of the same names that I mentioned. I think a couple of additions that you know that, of names I haven't already said. Scott Bourgeois, the U15 manager, joins that staff, um, and you know plays a major part in our success there. Um, but then like Jesse Guffey, right? Like works professionally for the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, gets assigned to us by MLB for the qualifier and for the classic, flies across the world at the end of a long minor league season with a nine-month-old son at home to come be with the team um, in the Czech Republic. And, you know, because he feels so connected to what we're doing that he wants to be there and you know, and, and I mean, so many people show up for us, um, you know, Paul Stoddart, who was the, you know, equipment manager at the WBC. Yeah. yeah. 
the operations manager for the under 23s and did an absolutely brilliant job for his first time ever. Um, and then comes along to support Glenn at the seniors. And by the way, Paul Stoddart, who is funny, is listed as equipment manager and operations manager, but is one of the best baseball photographers you'll ever see. Um, and it captures all the images that you see across all of our social media. It's, it's part of a lot of the BBFs documentation and websites yeah. and, you know, BSUK, like everybody's getting a hold of Paul Stoddart's images. And, uh, you know, hopefully one day he's going to, you know, start charging people and make some money for it. But we're grateful that he for should the time being a bit like Andy Brown, um, who's on here, you know, for free. And that's another name you got to mention, right? You know, it's, it's Andy Brown taking time out of his busy life and schedule to come be the official team artist and, and be part of the team. It's, you know, and that's just how we do it. So we had a great tournament. The results were show up on the field, but you know, in, in 20 years time, people aren't going to remember what happened in their second or third at bat of the game or what pitch this guy threw that guy, unless they're Jonathan Cramen, who will remember every bit of it. Um, but, um, you know, what they're going to remember is, is you know, is, is hang, hanging out with Rose Banji, you know, and, you know, and watching Andy Brown do his work and, you know, pregame playlists and, you know, just all the fun we had as a team. Yeah. So it, it I think a lot of people don't realize that, that all the workings that go into, to, I mean, when you mentioned that the WBC staff before, you might have people that are involved in it. It's a big operation. Yeah. I'd also like to talk, and I'd kick myself if I didn't do this, about the London series. Now, I know a lot of people were a bit annoyed that you weren't throwing the third, for the first pitch out, which um, I, I think it should have happened. Well, <clears throat> I don't think it's a hot take. If it were me, there should have been more media coverage for throughout GB from 2023. And I don't see why you're not shortlisted amongst the uh, sports personalities of the year if there's more coverage. I'd love to have seen that. But again, that's me diverging. Um, probably a bit too much information there about what I want to see. But, but even more so, one of my favourite moments about the London series this year was Bill Murray. Yeah. As a kid from the 80s, Ghostbusters was my favorite film until until Jurassic Park came out in 1993. I was Ghostbusters mad. Now, when I found out I was about 12 seats behind Bill Murray, I nearly wet myself. And I tried to get a ball to him to sign, and I just bottled it. And I know I regret it forever. But then I see you up there in the booth talking with... Mr. Murray himself. What was that experience like? Because like John Goodman was there as well. Well, it, it it was like a fever dream. If I'm honest, you know, like I'm on the broadcast of a major league baseball game in the London stadium. And like, we gotta, you gotta remember by the time we've spoken to Bill Murray, I've not only spoken to John Goodman, but Dave Winfield and Ozzy Smith, mm. right? So like, you know, you want to talk about like ticking off your bucket list from the eighties, right? Like Dave Winfield and Ozzy are two of the guys that I wanted to be like when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and I've had the opportunity to shake their hand and interview them in the context of a game. And, and, and I appreciate your comments about how much, coverage GB baseball did or didn't get, but I have to credit major league baseball. Cause they were the minute that we got back from Phoenix, they were like, look, London series is coming up. We want to feature your team. Right. 
we had a moment where they gathered everybody who was there in the stadium, put us up on the Jumbotron, you know, acknowledged our achievement, showed some yeah. highlights. They also invited every member affiliated with our delegation to kind of VIP status and, you know, uh, again, talk about, you know, connecting with heroes and people you looked up to when you were young, you know, Kramen, who's now on the call and, and you know, somebody should ask him about this sometime when they get a chance, if not now. But, you know, Kramen got to have a drink with Chase Utley, who's he who he looked up to, like in the VIP hospitality area that all the GB people were invited to as guests of Major League Baseball. Um, so it was just a, the, the whole thing is a surreal experience. Like having Major League Baseball in London is a surreal experience full stop. Right. Even even as the second time, it's awesome. And to see to see, you know, that stadium full twice um, for now, for, you know, sorry, four times now mm -hmm. um, special. Um, but honestly, you know, like, hey, um, man, yeah, I, I know a lot of people wanted to see me throw out the first pitch and I'm, and I'm really grateful to everybody for that. But, you know, honestly, it's all beyond anything I could have ever dreamt. I think any, any one of us involved with the program could have ever dreamt of. And, and, you know, if they'd have given us half of what they gave us, it would have been so, like way beyond what we were expecting. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And, and they treated us like superstars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, go on then. What was that like then? That, that moment we chase? Uh, well, hello everyone. So sorry, no camera. I've only just got out of bed. How is everyone? Um, yeah, it was good. It was it was certainly a cooler experience than the first time I met him and acted like a teenage girl meeting her favorite pop star. <laughs> um, it was real good. It was the fact that he knew my name was enough for me. Um, but yeah, like Drew said, it was a fever dream. None of it really felt real. Brilliant. But it's it's fantastic again that baseball has provided these opportunities for people to go out there and Luda Jeans or it's John and Ian going to the States and witnessing GB's like world baseball classic moments. You get to have a drink with idols and Drew getting to meet Bill Murray. That's one takeaway from this, Drew. You, you met Bill Murray. Yeah, I met Bill Murray. Him. We sang Sweet Caroline together while he executed four and a half, five minutes of true Bill Murray magic, right? Like, and what the best part about that for anybody who watched it and wasn't kind of involved in the inside was, you know, I've got this little headset in and, you know, and they're, you know, the production crew's talking to you as stuff's going on, which for me was a new experience. But, you know, as he gets going, they're all like, do we just let this go or do we cut away? Like he's walking off set and he's throwing things into the stands. And they were like, you just let that go. You know, like they were like, just let him go as long as he wants to. And, and so everybody involved in the crew, um, you know, of the, you know, the, I guess it was the BT sport crew, which is now what TNT, I think, but, um, they all were just like, they were as shocked as we were. It was completely unscripted, completely unexpected. And, and when it finished, everybody just went, that's like pure television magic. It's the, it's the moments you can't plan for. Uh, uh, so we, you know, like, hey, again, add it to the list of like crazy things I would have never imagined happened to me in baseball. Uh, I believe Mr. Baxendale liked to ask a question. Yeah, just uh, obviously since JC's come on the call, uh, I know he's just come back from a very, very long trip, so he's probably still getting over the jet lag. Um, talking about mementos, I'm wondering if he recognizes this. Yeah, I do. It was the only one I had, and I gave it to you. Don't, for those that are listening to the forever. podcast, John, do you want to describe what you just shown? So I'm holding up a baseball, a Rawlings baseball, with a 
WBC stamp on it, and it's kind of scuffed. And the reason it's kind of scuffed is this was a ball that was used in the bottom of the ninth inning in the victory over to Columbia. And when we met Kramen outside the pub after the game, he just said, Look, I want to give this to you guys because obviously you've, you've gone so far to come and see us and all this stuff. And before Blease could react, and I'm, it's a shame that he's not here now, I just went, mine, and grabbed it. <laughs> um, and it now, it now sits in pride of place amongst my large collection of baseballs from things that I've done or places I've been and seen and stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's, it's special. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget him giving it to me and obviously what it meant for him um, to have that ball and then be so generous as to give it up. Um, and like I said, it goes back to that whole, we were just so happy to see our friends up there doing what they love at the highest level. Um, yeah. And it's surreal. Uh, but he's still got this whole thing of he won't smile until we win it all. When I saw him in at the Euros, he's like, I'm like, yeah, good job. He's like, yeah, I'm not smiling yet. We haven't won it all. So I'm hoping to see him smile at some point in the future. Me too. <laughs> well, as we've I've taken up a lot of people's time as it is, and my family's just about to walk through the door from the shopping trip that I made them go on. <laughs> um, 2023 has been a fantastic year for yourself and the program. How does 2024 top that? I suppose 2024 tops it by continuing what we've started. Um, I've said to a few guys since we've been back, this was kind of the the tail end of a major effort, right? You know, it's almost in many respects, maybe the end of chapter two um, and, and the start of the third chapter. And I think you all know that sometimes when organizations take great steps forward, there there can then be a period where you take a step back or two, right? So we don't have as many high profile tournaments coming up this year. Um, and so in many respects, maybe it'll be difficult to replicate the adrenaline. It might be difficult to replicate the amount of inspiration. Um, there's probably not as many people that are going to travel to watch the U15s play or the U12s play as there, there would be to come to an under 23 championship and there's probably not as many people going to china um as there were going to phoenix um but the job doesn't change you know the expectation is that we build a program that is a perennial european threat in 15 20 years that that hasn't changed for me like great we had a great year right but if 2024 doesn't move us towards that goal i said which is i want people in 30 years when they look up and see great britain in the final again to go, man, you know, it's kind of ever since the early 2020s, these guys have just been really, really hard to beat. It's like every time it used, it used to be the Italians and the Dutch, and now it's the Italians, the Dutch and Great Britain. So the, the way that we top that, you know, the way that we top this year is to win the whole thing. You know, let's let's win some gold medals next year. Um, let's walk away from the World Cup with a ton of rankings points. Yeah. You know, if not a medal. Because, uh, you know, listen, we can meddle in that. We got, the, we have the talent. We have the talent. We have the staff. We can go win the, we can go win the World Cup um, in the under 23s. And, you know, I, I think Phoenix and the Czech Republic this year um, proved that we can play with anybody. Yeah. So, you know, hey, let's go get a gold. Brilliant. Who do you think, is it too early to ask who you think is going to be a trailblazer in 2024? 
who have you yeah. seen like the the biggest steps and improvements from? Who who should we be excited to see next year? Wow, that's a good question. Um, well, I think that's a really interesting one. I think what's interesting about the World Cup in 2024 is it's the kind of event that professional players might be allowed to come be part of. So I think you probably have to start with the fact that we have a catcher who will be under the age of 23 um, who might be available to play for us in November. I think uh, some of them was, was will remember who that is. Yeah, yeah. He probably, I, I think it's fair to say he already broke out. But, um, but you know, another guy that you saw was Joseph King, um, you know, who, who pitched in Phoenix, but was certainly a major factor in the European championships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's, I think he's in line to have a breakout year in baseball in general. I think he's going to go back to the St. Louis Cardinals organization, having, you know, had a, his first professional year under his belt, which began by pitching against the USA on March 11th and ended by closing out a championship game in the European championships in the middle was a hundred odd minor league games and a, and a playoff appearance in the minors as well. Um, But I think he's going to go back next year and, and, and with, with a full year of pro ball under his belt and he's really going to come alive. And uh, you know, I hate saying it, but I honestly think, you know, he might just have the kind of year that he's so good that, you know, he's not available to us for a world cup because they want to protect him. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, hopefully we've proven um, with the staff we have with professional trainers and, and the level of coaches that we have that we're capable of looking after guys of that caliber. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I could see Joseph King showing up. And then another person I think to keep an eye on is Jake Lambden. Um, You know, who was the starting shortstop for the under 23s. Um, he's about to start his first year at university, right? So this kid is, yeah. you know, we, we saw him turn 19. Um, and, you know, he, he showed up. I mean, he's just, he's a phenomenal athlete. You know, he's um, a, a heck of a middle infielder um, with a 90 mile an hour arm. Um, yeah, he could pitch um, and, and touch and, and, you know, and touches 90. Um, and his best days of baseball, he hasn't played his best baseball yet. Like he's yeah. nowhere, he's nowhere near his best baseball. Um, he's going to go play his freshman year at Xavier University. And, uh, you know, I'd like, I, again, I think, you know, imagine that, like you just finished your high school career. You've been recruited to a division one college. You have not played a single game of division one baseball and you've got two silver medals, you know, you've, you, you've in Europe, like you, you were the starting shortstop for the under 23s and broke into the lineup for the senior national team. And I don't know how many, if, if you watch that, Spain game, you know, he made a couple plays defensively um, in that Spain game, one at third base and a couple at second base where I, I just went, oh, this kid's ready. Like, what, you know, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what we see from Jake Lambden. Yeah, must be excited to see that, like, living in the flesh where you, like, goosebumps, like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, and listen, I like, I hate, I hate that question, Matt, as you could tell, because uh, cause I would say every single guy on the team, you know I mean? I think that they're every single player who played on that team has an upside. Mm. Um, you know, their some of their best baseball is 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 still ahead of them. Um, so you know, I'm I'm just looking forward to, you know, looking forward to seeing what everybody does with with the next year and how much they develop. Yeah. And you know, who makes the team. Indeed. Indeed. It's gonna be exciting times. I'm gonna wrap this up with um a little message from Gav from Bat Flipping Nerds. And he said basically, can't articulate it well, 
But with Phoenix and Bruno in 2023 was a fantastic baseball year for him. This wasn't possible without Drew, although he'll cite the organisational effort. Maybe you can pass on thanks from people like me who never believed there would be a reason to take GB baseball seriously. That's pretty awesome. Um, and 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 it means everything to me. I mean, I've, I've said all along, like when Jason Pierce first asked me about being part of the Great Britain baseball program, um, and he showed tremendous confidence in me and and he took a lot of criticism. Mm. You know, the the BBF, uh, Jerry and Jason took a lot of criticism um, for putting me in this position. Um, and, and I want to acknowledge that and just remind everybody they were right. If you're happy with what has happened with GB baseball, uh, Jason Pierce deserves a ton of credit because um, it cost him his job as the national team officer um, to promote me. Um, so, you know, Jason Pierce, thank you. Um, everybody owes him thanks. Um, but I've never, it, it's never been about me. It's been about what it means to, you know, John Baxendale and Jonathan Cramen and Gavin Marshall and Ian Bleese and Matt Mutton and, you know, all the guys at Batflips and Nerds and, you know, people who've been involved in British baseball since long before I even knew British baseball was a thing who've watched us have successes and then go backwards um, and then, you know, climb climb forward again, you know, and the relationships that I've built, you know, knowing what it means to me. I'll never forget talking to the bat flips guys after we got back from the qualifier and yeah. them telling me for the first time that they, uh, they felt a connection. Um, you know, they were on the edge of their seat watching the game. And, and to me, like as someone who grew up with the game, knowing that I've contributed to people's love of the game in that way and have made them feel a connection is, is means everything to me. And, 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 as, and in a year, and I have to finish this off because we achieved our objectives. Baseball is in the Olympics. Indeed. We finished in the top five in the European Championship. So thanks to Gary Anderson um, and the work that we're doing um, with British softball um, and Tara Henry and her squad, um, we're in line to receive a generational amount of money from UK Sport and the National Lottery. Yeah, yeah. And, and if we do, um, watch out. Yeah, they had, they had a great year as well, didn't they? The, the softball ball team. I mean... Some of the things like like you said then about the funding, the money. I mean, seeing their championships that was played on the rugby field with throw down bases at that level, it just goes to show that there's still a lot of hard work to be done and a lot of people to convince before before these sort of like dreams and goals are taken seriously and and properly recognized. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people who are taking things in stride, right? Like that squad mm -hmm. showed up in Ireland and looked at the facilities that were being presented to them for a world championship opportunity and uh they took it in stride and they just they yeah. just went out and played the game um the way that they could play they were themselves i was there um you know i was so impressed with the way that they approached things but i mean i think that that's where we are you know we can make a lot of excuses over here in europe or in british baseball about what we have or what we don't have compared to other countries or other leagues or any of that sort of stuff or we can just get our heads down and get on with it and yeah. uh, that's, that softball team did and and it, it really inspired us um, you know, to, to just do the same. And, you know, and again, I hope that, you know, we're doing the same thing. People are going to walk out to whether it's a park in, you know, whether it's a field in London or, you know, Nottingham or Newcastle or, you know, Manchester or wherever it is, they're going to walk out to fields that don't feel like they're enough. They're going to walk into a facility that don't feel like it's enough. And, you know, and we just, you know, 
I hope they take inspiration from these athletes who aren't making excuses, who are just, you know, hey, we, we make the most of what we have in front of us and and we we seize these opportunities, you know, because that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. We've got a couple of listener questions that have come through. Uh, awesome. One of the live streams dropped, which is a bit unfortunate because oh, no. um, apparently all they heard me was swear and then it cut off. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that happening. Um, first up is uh, David Mutton. Hi, Dad. Uh, great inf- interview, Matt. Thanks. Uh, next up, we have uh, Jonathan Cramming. Uh, well, JC, do you want to ask this one yourself? If I unmute you, that might help. I've asked him to unmute and he's not done it, so I'll, I'll do it for him. <laughs> uh, is Astro about the 6.30 a.m. meetings? Ah, hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I think in Phoenix, the schedule got the best of us. Uh, yeah. There was a lot to get done. Um, but the morning of both the Canada and the Columbia games, because we had a very early start to the day and the staff wanted to make sure we were prepared. You know, some of our probably favorite memories are being up at stupid o'clock and holding a staff meeting because you know what? We had to figure out how to go get, Freddie Freeman out um, or, you know, handle a Columbia lineup full of a bunch of major leaguers. And, and in particular, one of my favorite ones is kind of after the Canada game and going into the Columbia game, having a meeting as a staff where we knew that we, we needed to, you know, we thought the can- Canada was probably the winnable game yeah. um, and just had, a, had a real conversation about our game planning and our game strategy. And we made some adjustments as a staff going into the Columbia game that really paid off. So those, those very, very early morning meetings, um, you know, where you're, you're, you know, you're trying to get caffeine in the system, um, get ready for a game you've never had to prepare for in your life. Um, but also kind of look around and go, look at this. Like we're in Phoenix, Arizona in a four-star hotel at six in the morning, you know, figuring out how to beat a team full of major leaguers in a major league stadium. Um, it's again, memories you take with you forever. Indeed. Jonathan, is there anything else you want to add to that, mate? Or, uh, are you happy for us to... Yeah, to no, I just, I just wanted to make sure that uh, Drew got his props because he uh, he provides an environment that's quite unique where you're able to be very honest with your colleagues and really challenge each other. And um, I felt like we earned that Columbia win with, with that 6.30 meeting we had against them because... Drew made sure that we, that we analysed every inch of our game plan and we all probably analyzed ourselves a little bit and uh yeah i just wanted to shine a light on it because i, I felt like we earned the win by being honest with each other at 6 30 in the morning well and on that, thanks john i mean on that i have to credit my wife sarah um because she um at her workplace she'd been doing she'd taken a course that had a bunch of people at her organization turn to us which is an amazing anti-poverty charity um on feminist leadership um and you know we don't have time to go into that whole topic but one of the big takeaways that they'd had is that they do a thing at the start of big meetings with the senior team called it's it's like a check-in and you're supposed to just talk about you and how you're feeling like what your energy levels are like today and what's on your mind and and i just looked around i saw a bunch of guys who had been given everything and we were owing to and we you know we'd been punched in the gut in that columbia game it just obviously or sorry the canada game it just wasn't what we were expecting so you know, a big part of that for me was it. it's easy to turn in the wrong direction. And we have to remember that we're a group and we're united. So a big part of that 630 meeting 
was, hey, everybody talk about how you're feeling. So we had guys, you know, like, I've been up all night, you know, pulling together scouting reports and pouring over what worked or what didn't work. Um, I'm exhausted today. Um, but I know that once we get to the field, I'm going to be good. And what it allowed us to do, you know, we had guys going, I feel great. I'm excited. I'm full of energy. I'm I'm up for the challenge. Oh, and two doesn't mean anything to me. So it allows you to kind of redistribute like, okay, well, great. Well, he's tired. So can you pick that up and help with this, this morning? And can you make yeah. sure that happens? And so again, adjustment, we just made a bunch of adjustments, um, not only in terms of game strategy, but also in terms of personnel, you know, just to like, make sure we all knew where everybody was at and we could, we could put the team in a position to win. Awesome. Lovely. Another one coming from the, the live stream, we've got Mario asking, is there, is there any developmental programs for the future for kids in the North or the Midlands? Because from what he's seen, all the kids seem to play for a couple of years and then leave. I'm not sure if that's something that's in your ballpark, but I just thought I'd ask it since it was submitted. No, it's a great question. I mean, I, I genuinely think that like a lot of the developmental programs at the youth level is something that sits with the Federation. Like, you know, in my experience, um, the national team is often kind of expected to, you know, win at the highest level and then also like teach coaches and kids. And, you know, there's only so many of us and there's only so much we can do. Um, but our job is to work with the federations and work with the development agency to make sure that there's a common thread um, so that kids that are developing in the game at the younger levels understand what it takes to make the national team. Uh, so like I don't see GB baseball, for example, showing up in the Midlands next year and running specific developmental programs. But I do think that the BBF announced at the AGM this year, like a big emphasis on youth. Mm. Uh, they want they want the whole nation to be paying attention to that. I applaud that. I think it's fantastic. And I think that what you can count on is that whenever there is something going on um, and GB guys get the call, you know, when we can make it, we will. Uh, we want to be part of that. But I don't think in the short term that it's going to be something led by us. Awesome. Thank you. Um, anyone else in the chat that we've got quite a few people in here live with us? Anyone like to ask a question? If you want to do a little hand raising thing? Let's get our technical on people. I think give everyone a few seconds to try and find it. No. Awesome. Well, Drew, this has been brilliant. It's been a fantastic catch-up. I really enjoyed everything. It doesn't feel like we've been on for an hour and a half. It's flown by. There's so much to unpack and take away. And I think everyone that's involved in a program should be extremely happy with efforts from every level, from the 12s all the way up through through it all, to, and especially all the volunteers as well. Whether you're at a club level or whatever level you're involved in with your domestic team, and you 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 turn in week in week out to to support your own club, and then to follow GB along on their journey, you know it's it's been it's been a year of ups and downs for me personally, but some of the highs have definitely come from from watching the, uh, baseball and especially GB playing. It's been um, quite a a welcome relief to have something to distract for a while and something to focus on and just have as as a little slice of joy for myself so again for me personally thank you very much for everything from this year well and and likewise uh thank you matt because you know you're you're there texting every time we have a good day or a bad day um and you reach out in between you know just to ask how i'm doing as a person and um you know that that kind of care and that sense of community um that you are a big part of is something i think is what makes british baseball special uh, you know, as is everybody on this call right now, um, you know, we are small but mighty um, and it and it's it's because of, of all these people. And I wanted to probably just end 
my bit, you know, just a couple people I really wanted to thank. And that was um, Daniel Cooper, Alex Crosby, Jake Esch. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a number of guys, you know, Alex Webb, um, you know, the, the guys that show up for us year in, year out um, who do a job. But but this year, um, you know, Coop and Crosby, we picked to be the kind of captains of the team when we were in Phoenix. And and, you know, not everybody always gets to make their mark on the field. Um, but those two guys made their mark in the clubhouse, letting everybody know what it meant to play for Great Britain. And, you know, you talk about how we were, you know, the preparation. Um, that it takes to compete against the USA or just compete in that tournament at all. And, you know, those two guys providing leadership um, as Ash did as well. Um, but his moment came later in the year, really stood out to me and, and and mean the world to me. And the last one is, you know, we, we didn't get the result we wanted in the last game against Spain yeah, and the European championship and any real competitor is never happy with second place. You know, nobody wants to, to feel that way. I, I love that. You know, one of our guys talked about the silver medal as, as, you know, oh God, no, I'm not going to remember the the term. Anyway, it was like something to be replaced. Yeah. Um, placeholder. Yeah, he was like, this is a placeholder. Um, and, and then they the organizers asked us to gather for a team photo. And uh, Jake Esch gathers the whole team, the whole delegation together. And he says, I know how we're all feeling about losing tonight. And I know how we're all feeling about having this silver medal but I want you to remember that when they take this photo, there are going to be a whole bunch of people out there who've only seen this photo three times. There's only been three times that Great Britain's won a silver medal. So you're one of only three teams to ever do it. And for all this, this, so this photo is going to exist in the history of British baseball. And let's, let's make sure that when you take this photo, that you look like a team that has delivered something that a whole nation can be proud of, you know, put a smile on your face and and be and and take a photo for the community and for and for how they feel and not for how we feel right now and uh it, i mean again like the caliber of individual that we get to have around us and and be around us to be successful but you know it, jake ash whose whose journey in baseball is special and and if you ever get a chance to talk to him about it um you know it's a great story but you know when when he talks about getting to the major leagues and then you know losing that yeah then you know battling back and showing up you know he's lost a lot in you know in this game and he knew to give everybody the perspective on that moment that that the, it wasn't about us it was about british baseball and if i could end on anything in, in terms of this year again it's like everything we did we did so that people would feel proud and and want to work hard to be part of it brilliant lovely well great way to spend right i'm going to end this live stream now and thank you very much for your time and and everything like i said before um drew really appreciate it thank you very much thanks guys thanks matt